I don't know if other dads go through this, but I uh, was not close with my daughter for like the first two months of knowing her. Um, I just wasn't, there wasn't nothing against her. I just, I don't know if it was the fact that we were both tired. She was new to life. I was new to being a dad. I just wasn't that close with her. Um, being home with her a little more has definitely helped. Now our bond is a lot better and I don't know. I think, I think once she's starting to develop a little personality, I think I'm just getting closer to her, so... I don't know. It's a food for thought. But I'm Reese, and welcome to Dad Days. Good morning, good morning, good morning, guys. You can probably hear my daughter going off upstairs. She's up there with my wife. Um, I'm downstairs recording, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, good morning, and... Well, it's morning, you know, while I'm recording. So if you listen to this later on in the day, it is what it is, man. But I'm just hoping everybody's having a great day today. I hope all everybody's energy is right. I hope the universe is blessing you and that everything is going your way today. I just really want everybody to have a, a great day today, man. Um, what we're talking about today on this episode is going to be your child's personality and uh, why it's important to get to know your child's personality because your child is... So we have this idea of what we want our child to be, but we never really ask ourselves, who is our child? Like, who is this person? They're their own person. They're going to make their own choices. Yes, it's my job to guide them. Yes, it's my job to make sure I keep them safe, make sure I set them on the right path. They're probably going to be... Their personality is going to have a lot to do with me, but the older they get, the more that changes. Um, I've seen that in a lot of my siblings. I've seen that a lot of my nieces and nephews, and it's just crazy to experience um, somebody you've known to be a certain way for a long time, and they're just a complete switch. So, I mean, we see it in each other all the time. We're constantly evolving, at least I hope you are, but yeah, we're constantly evolving, and it, it's just... It's just a, nut, a very nutty experience to see. So, uh, yes, that that definitely is what we'll be getting into this today. We're also going to get into the disadvantages of not knowing your child's personality. And if you're not close to a child, some ways maybe you can get to know your child's personality more. Because, yeah, no, knowing who your child is can help you in the long run. And I'm going to, yeah, we're going to go ahead and get into it. When it comes to knowing your child's personality, parenting style plays a huge part in that. Um, Last week, we covered uh, different parenting styles, authoritarian. uh, I didn't actually go over the different kinds of them, but mine was uh, gentle parenting, which which some might call more permissive. But I believe it's a new category that's getting uh, brought up nowadays. But the other uh, traditional parenting styles that were placed into four main categories was authoritarian, authoritative, permissive, and uninvolved. Uh, Uninvolved is going to be the one we're kind of focusing on today uh, because that is going to be like one of the main reasons that parents will not get to know their child's personality that well. Um, And it's not... So uninvolved parenting, also called neglectful parenting, uh, it it has negative connotations, which is why... It's not called that. That's why it's more called uninvolved. But it's a controversial parenting style uh, because all it means is parents don't respond to the child's needs or desires beyond basics of food, clothing, and shelter. And 
the children themselves, they receive little guidance, discipline, nurturing from these from these parents. And, you know, they're left to raise themselves and make their own decisions, whether that's a, a, a big decision or a small decision. They're, they're often left to make those decisions on their own. And it's, it's important to remember that it's not always intentional. Like this parenting style is often... Uh, the product of somebody who works a lot or maybe someone who's not as attached. Um, Signs and characteristics of uninvolved parenting include focusing on your own problems and desires, a lack of emotional attachment, lack of interest in child's activities, and no set rules or expectations for behavior. And again, this this doesn't have to come from um, just you know, parents intentionally making a choice, like I'm going to make them do this on their own. Some parents are not ready to be parents and maybe don't handle it as well. So they, you know, they, they want their child to grow up faster. So they, they hand them a lot more responsibility when simply they're just not ready for that. When they need to be nurtured, they need to be uh, guided. They need, uh, what's the word? They need attention, you know, and encouragement. And that's, that's how children thrive. But a lot of parents, you know, they, they, they give them the bare minimum, especially if they're younger parents and they're uh, always working. It's it's hard to to self-regulate your emotions and also have the emotional intelligence to regulate an infant's emotions, a toddler's emotions, a young teenager's emotions. It's hard. So I, I definitely don't want to give um, people just to give hate to these parents who may have may adopt this style because again a lot of times it's not intentional but i do want the parents that that have adopted this style to you know realize what these effects on your children could have um so basically how these how these uh this parenting style can affect these children is one major disadvantage of uninvolved parenting is going to be that they don't develop an emotional connection with you you know, if you're not trying to get to know them and their personality, it's going to it's going to affect them in the emotional aspect very, very quick. Um, the lack of affection and attention that the kids can need can lead to low self-esteem or even emotional neediness in other relationships. You know, being codependent, maybe trying to place all their mommy or daddy issues into uh, a partner or something like that. It's it's very, very common, actually. You know, when kids don't get it at home, they'll go find it outside of home. It's, I've lived it, literally. I've done that a long time. Whatever emotional aspect I wasn't getting, I tried to find it outside of the home. And I, I did it in very unhealthy ways. So it's it's a very real thing for kids to go find what they're not getting outside of, inside of home, outside of home. Um, so kids that with uninvolved parents also tend to learn self-reliance and how to take care of their basic needs at an early age. Um, and I know a lot of people look at that like, oh, well, that means they're very independent. You know, a lot of kids aren't meant to be that independent that early on. Um, it can affect things like their their social skills. It can it can affect their, their, um, their psyche as far as interactions with their peers. <sighs> I mean... I mean, what would you think if you were somebody who had to take on so much responsibility at a young age and everybody else is just having a good time being a kid? 
Think about it from that perspective. Think about it from, oh yeah, I have had to basically take care of myself since I was young. You know, my parent only gave me food, clothes, shelter. They didn't really give me the emotional um, needs I needed at home. But y'all are just here. I see y'all thriving with your parents and I see what healthy love looks like and I'm just over here not getting any. It's gonna, not only is it gonna probably create a a deep sadness in that child, a yearning for something like that, it's probably going to make them jealous. They're probably going to act out. And so a lot of kids, they, they act out physically. Maybe they'll start bullying. Maybe they'll start uh, vandalizing things. It's just just one of those things where they, they need, children need to be emotionally fed. Otherwise, it's going to come out in a lot of other places. Um... The, there's a study found that those raised by authoritative and permissive parents experience more homesickness than those raised by authoritarian and uninvolved parents. But while the two former groups felt more homesickness, they didn't express it as much because they had stronger coping skills. That, that right there should uh, speak volumes on, on what uh, an authoritarian or a uninvolved parent does to the psyche of a child. Uh, some examples of uninvolved parenting are going to be, so we'll, we'll go we'll go with an infant. You know, while some parents take every opportunity to nurture and offer affection, an uninvolved parent may feel disengaged or detached from their baby. And I'm not gonna lie, I felt this way for a long time. I did, uh, and I and I know a lot of y'all are like two months isn't a long time. Before you get to invalidating my experience, just let me talk. I. Two months is, is a long time for me, especially since this is my first and only child that I ever be having. So two months felt like a long time, you know, especially to somebody who's used to having all their time for themselves or maybe just their wife. Two months was a, a while. And I felt really disconnected from the baby. And I used to I used to think that, yeah, she just needs to cry it out. And duh, duh, duh. But my wife had to remind me several times that, you know, she's she's new to this life. Uh, she's she's very scared. She doesn't know what's going on. She needs love and nurturing and, and patience. And it took me a little while to understand that, but I'm, I understand it a lot now. And I feel like just in these short three months, my daughter has helped me grow as a person so much. And she still has so much to go. We still have so much life left to go. That, But yeah, she has taught me a lot in just three months. It's... It's nuts. Um, but yeah. And and feeling initial detachment is usually a short-term sign of postpartum depression. And a lot of people, you know, talk about that with the mom. But that's... That, a dad can go through that same thing, you know? And because the mom is going through postpartum depression, the dad goes through that with her. Because they're they're together. They want, they're one. They made a life and now things are different. You know, especially if they live together in the same household, it, it can take a toll on the male as well. So it's very important for all the men out there. If you're if you're feeling away after after your uh, significant other has that child and and you have no one to talk to, reach out, man. You can reach out to me. Shoot. If you're listening to this and you just had a baby and you're and you're male, and you just feel like you're just down or maybe things aren't the same and you, and you just need someone to talk to. Please reach out to me. You can re- again. You can reach me on the Dad Days DM. Uh, that's gonna be T H E D A D D A Y S underscore the Dad Days. 
That's going to be my handle on Instagram. Or you can just, if you know me, just hit my phone, man. A lot of y'all, a lot of y'all, actually, I know a lot of y'all are, have had kids or even been thinking about having kids. And it's hard, man. You're not the same people afterwards. And, it, and I even read somewhere that it takes a woman like two years to fully get back to who she was before she had the baby. After she's had the baby. It's nuts. Think about it. Two years of being a completely different person. It's, it's, it's really crazy when you think about it. But, yes. So those are just some of the disadvantages of um, why it's very important. Or, um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't muffle my words. I don't, I don't got thinking about the... The trials and tribulations me and my wife have had over the last few months. It's it's been a it's been a hard hard few, but we've gotten through them. And, and it's not like we've been like it's been like chaotic or, or toxic at home. It's just it's just been hard, you know. Because you know love is hard. You know you got to put in a lot of work, and when you add a, a baby into the mix, it, it really shows how much you love your partner and your child because you really have to put in that work. But yes, those are uh, those those were a few of the disadvantages of uh, being an uninvolved parent. Um, and uh, and again, it's just the takeaway from that is just to understand that every child needs to be nurtured um, emotionally and needs that guidance and needs that patience to just be there with them and get to know them. Um, and if it's not intentional, then make an intentional effort to get to know your child and and be there for them in every aspect, not just physically, not just financially, but emotionally as well. So, getting to know your child better. It's this is actually a no-brainer. Um just be there. You're gonna your child's gonna develop a personality and every aspect of their life is gonna help shape that. Whether you're one of those is up to you. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. There are 168 hours a week. There are probably 40 hours that you're going to be working. If you are struggling or just a workaholic and you need to work 60 to 8 hours a week, I get that. And you're probably going to need to sleep too. That's that's going to be about 56 hours. So you take that, let's say you max work 80 hours plus the 56 hours, you'll get 136 hours. And that's to sleep eight hours a night. A lot of people don't even sleep that. A lot of y'all sleep five to five to six hours like me. But you take that away from 168, you still have like 40 plus hours a week. Or I'm sorry, 30 plus hours a week. And that's only if you're working like 80 hours. If you're working 40 hours, that's, that's over 80 hours or 70 hours a week just for, to get to know your child. So that time you spend with your friends or that time you spend playing a game or that time you spend watching TV or spending with your significant other, you could be spending that getting to know your child. And it's as simple as that. There's no secret to getting to know your child. It's just simply being there. You may not like your child. You don't have to like your child. I promise you, you don't have to like them. But getting to know them and loving them enough to getting to know them is going to be your key to being a great parent. Like, it's that simple. A lot of kids will tell their parents, you know, that that are workaholics, yeah, well, I I did all this for you. I did this, that, that. And they'll tell them, 
over and over. It's it's a it's a running theme in TV shows, a running theme in life. They 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 didn't need all the fancy stuff. They didn't need all the designer clothes. They didn't need the best shoes. They didn't need the, to have the biggest house. They just needed their parent to be there, and they weren't. So I implore y'all to go be there for your child. Spend my my wife when I first got with her, I used to just strap the baby to my chest to play the game. And that was that was during that time I wasn't getting I wasn't getting to know her and I felt like I didn't uh really bond with her. But I came to realize that's because I'm not making an effort. I'm not bonding with my baby. So I I put the game down. And that's not like I'm a huge gamer. I'm not. I, I love playing the game now, but uh it's not like one of those things where it's like I gotta play. It's not it's not like that. It's just something I like to do. But I did end up um, putting the game down uh, and just and just really sitting with my daughter for a little while. Going to the mirror with her, letting her look at herself, saying her ABCs, saying some affirmations with her, talking to her, helping her do tummy time. You know, these are things I actively take time out of my day now to do. I make time for my daughter because I want my daughter to not only know me, but know that I know her, know that I'm with her there. It's not hard. It's really not. You take some time. For, when you get home, you take 30 minutes to an hour. You take some time for you. You do what you need to do. Decompress. And then go spend like 30 minutes to an hour with your child. It's not hard. And it's probably the best time of their day, especially when they get older and they start to know who you are. It's like, dad's on. I can't play for long. Give me like 30 minutes, little mom. Or give me like 30 minutes, little man. I, and I promise you, I'll come talk to you. Give me a hug, kiss, mwah, love you, da 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 Give me like 30 minutes, I need to decompress. And that's helping them set boundaries. That's first off, that's showing them that it's okay to take time for yourself. And then come back to them. Come back to them. Be like, hey, dad's had time to decompress from work. I'm ready to talk. I miss you. How's your day been? How was school? It's that simple. And I know it sounds easier said than done. And it's going to be easier said than done always because anything is easier said than done. But... It gets easier the more you do it. You need to practice this and you need to be there for that child because that's all it takes to get to know their personality more. And that's all it takes to be a great parent. That's it. You be there, it's going to be a lot better. And not just, again, not just be there in the sense of, oh, I'm here. I pay bills. No, be there emotionally. Be there. Be emotionally available for your child. Be be there to talk with them. Don't be on that toxic shit, man. Don't be on that parental pride shit. Be there and be willing to listen to your child and, and, and know them and grow them and understand them. It's, it's not hard. It's really not. If you're having troubles as a person and that's leaking into your parent life, then you need to handle that. Because your child is your responsibility. You decided to have this child. Now, do the world a favor and make sure they're a great human being. Don't send them out there with more generational trauma. All right, y'all, it's time for the tip of the week. Now, like I told y'all in the first episode, or maybe even the trailer, I don't remember, but I usually will have tips that are adjacent to what's going on in my life. So we're going to talk about today, infant and toddler health. And this is coming from uh, mayoclinic.org. These are going to be just some tips for new parents. Feeding your newborn. All right, number one. Stick with breast milk or formula. It, they say What they say on here is breast milk is the ideal food for babies, with rare exceptions. If breastfeeding is impossible, use infant formula. 100% agree. We tried breastfeeding with the little one. She just, 
she didn't want to latch. She, she was having a, a, a difficult time getting the milk out. She was just, you know, it was, it was hard for her. But, um, yeah, the formula was just a better option just because the, the, the nipples on the bottle, I guess, were, she was responding better to those. Uh, she just, again, it was just hit and miss sometimes. Sometimes she'd feed, sometimes she wouldn't. But with the formula, it just was a little bit easier. So we decided to go with that. But, yes, stick with breast milk or formula. Don't don't switch back and forth. Just stick with one. If it's not working, try the other. Um, number two, feed your newborn on cue. Now, what they say here is most newborns need eight to 12 feedings a day, about one feeding every two to three hours. They told us the same thing. You do with your child what you want to do. We did. We tried it that way and tried to get her on the schedule waking up every two to three hours. No, the key word in there is on cue. Meaning she's going to tell you when she's hungry or he is going to tell you when he's hungry. Don't try to get your baby on the schedule if you're not ready for them to be super upset and super cranky. Because when they're first born, they just need to sleep and they just need to wake up on their own time and eat on their own time. They run the show. You need to be ready for that. Because we decided just like, all right, we're just going to feed her whenever she's hungry. Um, And some signs to, uh, to help to look for that when... Or here, what they say is look for early signs of readiness to feed. And these signs I'm about to tell you that they have listed here are 100% true because my daughter did this. Um, Moving the hands to the mouth, uh, sucking on fists and fingers, lip smacking. All all of those things are going to be signs that your baby is hungry or it's about to get hungry. Now, when they start fussing and crying, yeah, those are are a bit later. And it's going to be a little harder to soothe her, but or soothe him or her, but if you catch it early on with the smacking and sucking on her hands and moving the hands towards the mouth and stuff like that, it'll be a lot easier. So feed your baby, feed your newborn on cue whenever they're ready. Cause we just, we didn't do the two to three hours thing. Sometimes she lasts four hours, she'd be fine. Sometimes she'd last two hours, sometimes it'd be one hour. Um, and we'd have to just, you know, have up her, her feeding. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Just feed her on cue. <laughs> don't 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 waste time trying to get her on a schedule in the first like month or two. It's it's ludicrous. Consider number three is going to be consider vitamin D supplements. Now this is uh especially if you're breastfeeding, but it's always important to consult your pediatrician, and you're going to need a pediatrician. Okay, if you didn't know, I don't think the hospital lets you leave without having a pediatrician ready, or at least having one to consider. Um. We had one ready to go, and luckily, we love her. So make sure you get that handled before you get there. And a lot of you new parents, I don't know if you knew, they're not going to let you leave the car, the hospital without a car seat. That's also another thing. They're not going to be able to leave the hospital without. Get that handled. Car seat, pediatrician. <coughs> oh, sorry, y'all. Uh, number th- Yeah, so number three, consider vitamin D supplements. Um and uh, breast milk, it says breast milk may not provide enough vitamin D. We were told that. But once you started doing via a uh, formula, we that kind of just went out the window. And the vitamin D supplement is not even that bad. It's like a little droplet. And I think they do like three milliliters. That might, I, I may not be reading that right or remembering that right. But yes, uh, vitamin D is not, <clears throat> vitamin D is not going to be something like a shot or anything or a pill. It's just going to be a little droplet. That's it. So, yes, talk to your pediatrician and consider their advice. Number four, expecting variations in your newborn's eating patterns. So, this is another one that kind of messed me up. 
I was not ready for my daughter to just out of nowhere cluster feed. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. This played a part of me not really uh, liking her ass for the first two months. Because, uh, you know, I'm to me, I fed you 30 minutes ago. I changed your diaper two minutes ago. I've been holding you for an hour. What more do you want from me? Sounded like Tyrese over here. What, like, what more do you want from me? I just, just, oh, I was so frustrated. I was absolutely at my max I could go. I was, I was at my, my ends, my wits ends. I, I didn't know what to do. And then my wife had to remind me, yo, she's probably hungry again. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, cluster feeding. I was like, what the fuck is cluster feeding? She was like, I'm just going to eat, you know, a lot in a short span of time. They're going a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a lot there, you know? And I'm like, bro, that's, that's nuts. And yes. So expect variations in your newborn's eating pattern. Just have it in the back of your mind. She's probably going to eat crazy as hell sometimes. Um, what they have written here is during growth spurts, and it's fucking true. She's growing all day. Often two or three weeks after birth, your newborn might take more at each feeding or want to be fed more. Respond to early signs of hunger rather than keeping a strict eye on the clock. Again, that's going back to number two, which was feed your baby on cue. Feed that baby when that baby's hungry. Okay, look for those look for those signs. Number five, trust your instinct and your newborns. So you might worry that your newborn isn't eating enough, but babies usually know just how much they need. Okay, they, they're going to know. Um, focus on how much or how often or how regularly your newborn eats. Uh, I mean, sorry, don't focus on that. Don't focus on how much or how often or how regularly your newborn eats. Instead, look for steady weight gain, contentment between feedings, and by the fifth day after birth, at least six wet diapers and three or more bowel movements a day. So they they told us, and as I was reading that verbatim, sorry. <laughs> they tell us, yes, uh, six wet diapers after like the fifth day after birth, six wet diapers and three or more bowel movements. And a great way to track this is with what to expect. It's an app. I'm not sponsored, not, not giving them a sponsorship or they're not sponsoring me or anything. Yes, this is free advertising, but I just... I love the app. I absolutely love the app. What to expect is awesome. Not only does it help you the whole time through your pregnancy, I mentioned it before in, in uh, other episodes, but afterwards, you're able to track things like feeding, tummy time, uh, diapers. It, it gets specific and all. It's amazing. So if you're having trouble just writing it down on your phone or whatever, that is going to tell you, let you know everything you need to know to track how many for that day, whether the wet diapers, just bowel movements, bowl, how many times she's eaten, you'll be able to track everything on there. So if you're having trouble, do it that way. But yes, trust your instincts. Don't don't worry about if she don't worry about other babies, if she's eating like other babies or he's eating like other babies. Don't worry about if they're, you know, getting enough nutrients. They are. They are. Just look for look for those things. Steady weight gain. If your baby's content with how much they're eating. Oh, and again, six wet diapers or three bowel movements a day after the fifth day after birth. Okay? Those are just some things that I help you track with your newborn's diet. All right. Number six, consider each feeding time to bond with your newborn. Again, bonding with your newborn is so important. Because the more they're going to... I didn't notice, but newborns for like the first, I think, few weeks don't even realize where the fuck they're at. They still think they're in the stomach for some reason. And then once they realize where they're at, they're like, what the fuck? 
they just kind of looking around like, bro. And that, so if your newborn always looks like fucking shocked, just imagine. He's probably thinking like, bro, I was in a stomach for nine months. What the fuck is this? So, yes, they're going to be pretty shook. And it's a great idea to bond with your newborn while you're feeding them. You know, hold them close to you. Look them in their eyes. Speak with a gentle voice. Do these do these things to, to help um, <clears throat> stimulate your newborn's senses. Because the more they hear your voice, the more they feel your energy, the more familiar you're going to be to them, and the, the closer the closer they're going to be to you. That's simple as that. Number seven, keep feedings consistent. So, <clears throat> if uh, what they have written is, if other family members or caretakers will be feeding your baby part of the time, make sure that they're using the same feeding routines and methods you use. I 100% agree. I be telling my mama, I be telling, uh, we be having to tell Leah's uh, or my wife's um, people all the time, do not overfeed my baby. Don't do it. Because every time she cries, they think she's hungry. And it's not true. Okay? She's three months now. She's on the pattern. It's uh, seven ounces, five, five hours. And she sits well with that. It used to be six ounces, four hours, but we recently just went up because she was crying a little more after her feedings. And so I gave her a little more and she was content. So I was like, okay, so we're going to up it. But my wife was worried that we were feeding her too much in a short amount of time. So we switched it over to five hours instead of four. So we do five hours, seven ounces or six hours, four ounces. However, however she gets it. Again, we just kind of feed her on cue as well. Uh, but we do keep her to that four to five hour span. And we do keep it to that six to seven ounce uh, uh, feeding amount. And when we go places, we make sure they know, no, do not feed. These are the times you're going to feed her. These are the ounces you're going to feed her. You're not going to feed her over more than what she's supposed to be fed. And we have to keep it like that because if they mess up the schedule, then she comes back to us messed up, maybe throwing up a little bit or a little hungrier than usual. Excuse me. So we have to make sure that we keep it consistent throughout, no matter where she's at. We've taken a few trips to Jacksonville and... Um, each time we've had to make sure we let people know, no, she's going to eat at this time. She's not going to adhere to your schedule. We have a schedule for her. So don't be afraid to stand your ground as a parent. This is your child. This is not anybody else's child. I don't, mean, I don't care how many children they've had. I don't care how, if, how long they've been a parent for. This is your child. You do what's best for your child. Last but not least, number eight, knowing when to ask for help. So it's kind of funny that this is the next step after I just got done told you, uh, just got done telling you that this is your child. But it's it's kind of it's kind of the same thing. This is your child. Know when you're in over your head and know when to ask for help. It's that simple. Again, it's still your child. You still dictate what goes on with your child. But if you need to ask for help because you're unsure or you're or you don't know the next step, or you just want the best for your child, and maybe you're not aware of what to give them at the moment, then asking for help is not bad at all. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? Especially when it comes to their feeding. If you're not understanding something, if they're not latching properly, if if the formula is making them break out, if, if they're just not having a good time with the nipples, ask for help, okay? Ask your pediatrician, you can ask your family, you can ask your partner, whatever. But just ask. It's that simple. 
All right, y'all. So we're going to be doing this segment a bit different. Instead of getting stories off the internet, which are great stories, but ultimately random, we're going to be getting real stories from real people that I know personally. Um, if you would like your story to be told, DM me again. The dad days underscore T-H-E-D-A-D-D-A-Y-S underscore. DM my Instagram, or if you have my number, hit me, or you can hit me up on my email, equally.div at outlook.com. So that's going to be equally, E-Q-U-A. Let me, again, let me make sure I'm spelling this right. Make sure I'm spelling this right, y'all. I, I always mess up the email for some reason, so I want to make sure I am not messing it up. Let me see, let me see. Okay. Yep, I was spelling it right. E-Q-U-A-L-L-Y dot D-I-V at Outlook.com. Equally dot div at Outlook.com. You can hit me on there. You can hit me on my DM. If you would like your story told, if you're a parent or if you're if you a child and you know a, a parent story, or if you're just a friend and you witnessed your friend or somebody being a great parent, please let me know because we're going to start getting those on here. And if you would like to come on the show and tell your story, by all means, please, we would love to have you. Um, today's story is actually going to be personal. Um, it's going to be my story of how I met my dad, how he immediately just became such an amazing person in my life. Um, so I, I didn't know my dad for like 18 years. Um, I didn't know who he was. I thought it was my younger twin sister's dad who lives in Jamaica, but, uh, no, turns out that was not my dad at all. <laughs> my dad was, uh, somebody else who had, he had, uh, he had some, he had his own little trials and tribulation going on and he had his business to take care of. But, um, once he got all that taken care of, he, I guess he was back in Jacksonville and, um, I met, uh, one of my brother's sister or brother's mothers, uh, half brother, if you will, but I don't look at it like that. It's just my brother. Um, and she had a picture of her son, uh, who was my brother and he looked exactly like me, but with locks. It was crazy. My mama. And then my, I guess my mom instantly knew who the dad was. She was like, is it, you know, is it, is it so-and-so? And it was like, yeah. So my mom was like, damn, and she told me, she was like, I think, I think this is your father. You know, we had a DNA test and everything. Of course, you know, it came back. But when I met this man, I did not need a DNA test. This, that was my dad, 100%. And I met all my other siblings. I, I gained like three, yeah, three sisters, three brothers from the experience and a bunch of nieces and nephews that are recently born. Um, so, Yeah. I gained another grandma, aunties, cousins. I'm, I'm still meeting family to this day because of my dad. So not only did he give me more family to love and to you know love me, but he immediately took over. He helped me with he helped me with my first car that my mama got me. He helped me out with the the uh, what's it called like the paperwork and all that. He he helped me out with um, just having somebody to talk to. He helped me out with. A lot of things, man. He came to my... he, Y'all, I don't think y'all realize how important this is, but he came to my basketball games when I was in high school. <laughs> this man was 
like, and again, you know, my mama always did that for me, but like, I don't know, when you're a kid, man, and you got that one parent in the stand, it's amazing and you love and respect them for it so much, but it's such a different feeling to have both your parents in the stands. And just to have him there was awesome. Him having him out of football games was awesome. It was, it was so cool to have finally have a dad because I grew up without one for a long time. I had a stepdad, you know, for like nine years, but he was a, a, a skissed out drug dealer. <laughs> and uh, of course, he, he didn't like, and we didn't see none of that. Like, but you know, we found out later. What he was, what he had going on. Um, this huge Puerto Rican dude with a gold tooth. Um, but yeah, he he was he was nuts. He was a, he was a good dad. He was a good stepdad to me um, and my sisters. He treated us well. You know, taught us a lot about the Puerto Rican culture. And I, I always love Puerto Rican food. It's amazing. Okay, well he taught me how to cook, but it's nothing like meeting your own flesh and blood, someone you came from. And I I, I thank God every day that I have a, I have a large and and happy family, you know, and that my dad is able to teach me a lot in these uh, last few years of knowing him. He's, he's an amazing person, and, and I'm glad I was able to to finally meet him. And I, and I was just talking to my sister yesterday. I was telling her I think I met him at the perfect time because any later, I probably would have felt like I didn't really need a... A father figure anymore and any later and I probably would have felt like or any earlier and I probably wouldn't be able to handle it you know I probably wouldn't handle it correctly especially with me I don't know if a lot of y'all know but I was a wild boy you know I had a lot of hurt I was passing on a lot of hurt so I <sighs> love generational trauma y'all <laughs> but you know that's why we breaking generational trauma and I'm, I'm out here instilling generational wealth in folks now so Yes, it was very good um, to meet him at the time I did. And now we have, like, I feel we have a great relationship. And I can't wait for him to hear this episode. So, you know, shout out to you, Dad. Uh, you a real one. Um, and you a real one too, Mom. But this is, you know, this is Dad Day. So, you know, we give a shout out to the Dad. But, you know, I love my parents to death. And um, I just hope they're proud of me and they're proud of the things I've done. I'm definitely proud of them, proud of everything they've done, and, and grateful for everything they've done. But, all right, y'all, that's our episode. Um, thank you for listening so much. If you could please share and repost this episode, it would mean the world to me. I'm trying to get off the ground and get 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 up there in numbers, man. I'm trying to reach, you know, 15 listeners. Right now, we got about 10. I'm trying to get another five in by, by this week if we can, so... If you can just have your friend listen to it, have your mom listen to it, give it a play or two, man. Y'all might like it, you know? Who knows? And maybe y'all can have some, y'all got some notes for me. And again, if you want to be on the show, please DM me, email me. If you have my number, call me. We'll make it happen, okay? We will make this happen. It's super easy. I just send y'all a link, and that's it. Y'all on the show. And you can tell your story. So that story I just gave, you know, that's just my little story, my little personal dad story. Y'all have a dad story, our parent story in general, y'all want to tell, please tell it and come on the show. We'd love to have y'all. But all right, y'all. Y'all be safe. <laughs>